Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host Connor and in this week we'll be talking about hybrid decks. Now these are decks that prominently feature two or more colours. We'll go over the do's and don'ts of mixing colours in the 1.0 format as well as touching on a few cool hybrid deck ideas. But first, every week I ask you a listener question and every week one answer gets a shout out on the show. Last week I asked, what is your hidden gem card? The card you think is great that no one else seems to be playing. Shout out to Ashley Salloway on Twitter who says, using two Magnadramon in my purple deck for the plus two recovery. Thanks for the answer, Ashley. Magnadramon is an awesome card. I play it a lot of, in a lot of my decks and I know that it always does work. Also, this past weekend, we had our 1.0 release live stream over on Twitch. Thank you to everybody who made it out. It was a great time. A lot of fun was had. And we pulled some really sweet cards from the box of Special Booster version 1.0. Although, not the Gallantmon that we were kind of hoping for. Anyway, I hope to do some more live streams in the future, so if you have any feedback or if there are certain kinds of streams that you would like to see, please share those in the Facebook group, Memory Gauge Podcast, on Twitter at ConnorEFMG or via email at MemoryGagePodcast at gmail.com. I really am looking for some feedback and some ideas there, guys, so please get in contact. And finally, a very cool announcement. Bondi is running another online tournament. The dates will differ depending on your region, but the majority of the events are going to be taking place on the weekend of March 20th and 21st. You will need a webcam or mobile phone that you can use as a camera. You'll need a Discord account, and of course, you will need a physical English language Digimon deck. Bondi's last official event was a blast with heaps of participants and some really cool prizes. You can hear all about it in our online webcam tournament report episode. Uh, And just for participating in this event, by the way, you get a promo pack, a memory gauge, a storage box, and some DigiEgg sleeves. So everybody is going to come away with something. I personally have had a heap of fun playing in online events, so I feel really confident in recommending that you all join this event. I'm going to put up a link to Bondi's page for the event in the show notes, and I will keep you updated as we find out more. I really hope to see you there. Now for our main topic. But before we get ahead of ourselves, we first need to cover some basics. Namely, what is a hybrid deck. Now a hybrid deck is the fan term in the Digimon card game for a deck that prominently features more than one colour. But Connor, you hypothetically ask, a lot of decks play more than one colour. My red deck has four Puppetmon and that's a green card. Does that mean that nearly all decks are hybrid decks? Well, hypothetical listener, the short answer is no. There's a distinction between playing a few off-colour cards and playing a hybrid deck. Mostly when we see cards in decks that are of a different colour to the majority of the deck, we actually call that splashing, and that's when you might use three to four cards that aren't your main colour for a specific effect. For instance, you might play Puppetmon in your red deck, or you might play Magnadramon in your blue deck. When you play just a few off-colour cards, that's just a splash of that colour, rather than a true hybrid deck. 
a hybrid deck plays two or more different main colours rather than just one. There's no hard and fast rules for when your splash becomes a whole other main colour. It's more of a kind of you know when you see it sort of deal. But I find that if you're playing 18 or more cards of a different colour to your main colour, then you're probably playing a hybrid deck. Hybrid decks aren't very common at the moment because 1.0 doesn't have a lot of support for strategies using multiple colours. That isn't to say that they can't be built, and some hybrid decks are actually incredibly powerful. So your first instinct when you sit down to build a hybrid deck might be just split your deck in half. Half of your rookies are one colour, half the other. Half your champions are one colour, half the other, and so on. But at least in the special booster version 1.0 format, this isn't actually a great way to build a deck. Most successful hybrid decks that you're going to see are going to be built in kind of one of two ways. Firstly, you might see a deck where all the low-level Digimon, the 2s, the 3s, and the 4s are one colour, and then the high-level Digimon, so some of the 4s and then mostly the 5s and 6s, are in another colour. This helps with consistency because you're not trying to digivolve up through a whole chain. In this type of hybrid deck, your lower level color will be the Digimon that you attack with the most, and then your higher level color are going to be often strong on play or on digivolve effects. And the other way to build a hybrid deck is to have the main bulk of your Digimon be just one color. Then your options, your tamers, and your key on play effects will be in your second color. And this way, you get consistent draws, consistent digivolutions, but you still get access to your second color for those effects that you really need. And finally, our last note for hybrid deck building, do not, do not use more than one color of Digitama. You are just asking to brick. You are just asking to get stuck. You only get to see one Digitama card at a time, and if it's not the right color for the Digimon you have in your hand, then you have no way to get rid of it and see another. It's just stuck there. Now, maybe there's a way to effectively use more than one color Digitama, but no hybrid deck that I've seen does so, so I think it's just best to save yourself the hassle and stick to one color of Digitama. Now, this all sounds like a lot of work, so why would you want to build a hybrid deck? I'm going to go over the pros and cons of building a hybrid deck. First, the pros. And the big benefit to playing a hybrid deck comes from the way that colours work in Digimon. The Digimon card game has six colours of cards, and each colour is good at certain effects and gameplay mechanics, but it's weaker in other areas. For instance, blue cards can generate great value through memory manipulation effects and consistent card draw, especially with the Upamon Digitama. But blue struggles to remove threats. They only remove the Digivolution cards under a Digimon, or they can return the Digimon to the opponent's hand, but then the opponent can just play it again. So playing more than one color lets you get all the strengths of a color while also shoring up its weaknesses. For instance, you might play purple as a secondary color in your blue deck, so you can use purple's strong removal effects to make up for blue's weakness in that area. Now the other big benefit is that building a hybrid deck can make up for weaknesses in your card pool. Now especially at the time of this recording, Digimon cards can be uh, kind of hard to come by, to put it lightly, even if you can find them and they're reasonably priced, sometimes your budget just doesn't allow for us to buy all the cards that we need. 
and we have to work with what we have. And building a hybrid deck means that rather than needing a bunch of strong cards all in one color, we can mix two colors and use both their strongest cards. So maybe you opened a lot of strong yellow top-end cards. You opened Magna Anjaman and Kentaurus Mon, but you didn't get enough low-end yellow cards. You might think about building a hybrid deck and mixing yellow with a color that you do have a strong low-end cards for. So that's the pros, but what are the cons? There are great benefits to building a hybrid deck, but we do also need to talk about the downsides. And first, it's difficult to do well. Special Booster version 1.0 doesn't have a lot of support for hybrid strategies. There are very few cards in 1.0 that mention other colors in their text. And in fact, I think Wizardmon is the only one that comes to mind at the moment. I can't think of any others. And while we have a couple of Digimon, that digivolve from multiple colors. We have Omnimon, which digivolves from either red or blue, and Millenniummon, which digivolves from either black or purple, but we don't have any other Digimon at the moment that count as more than one color. Although, something to look forward to, we will be getting some in later sets. So for 1.0, this means that if you build your deck imperfectly, or if you just happen to get a bad hand, you can get stuck having a hard-played Digimon because you don't have the right color to digivolve from. For this reason, your hybrid decks can be inconsistent, especially compared with single-color decks. The big problem with hybrid decks is a lack of consistency, but they also have another weakness that's kind of the flip side to their greatest strength. Although having multiple colors means that you get the best parts of each, it also means that you have to be very selective to ensure that you get cards that work together. For example, purple strategy often revolves around getting cards into your own trash, either directly from the top of your deck or by deleting your own Digimon. And that strategy doesn't necessarily synergize with what other colors are trying to do. So when building your hybrid deck, it's really important to make sure that you're not just playing all the strongest black cards and all the strongest red cards together, but you've got to make sure you're actually picking cards from each color that play to the strengths of both colors. Alright, now that we've talked about the strengths and weaknesses of hybrid decks, I want to get into some actual examples of hybrid decks, because it's one thing to hypothesize, but until you see the nitty-gritty of a deck build, it's hard to really understand it. So, I opened up DigimonCard.dev to take a look at some hybrid deck lists for inspiration. Hybrid decks, even in the 1.0 meta, which doesn't give them any kind of support, are really popular. People really want to build these, and there were plenty of decks to look at. A lot of them seem to revolve around similar colors or strategies, so I kind of picked two archetypes to take a look at today, rather than specific decks. But shout out to Lubo, Handrel55, Dark War Greymon52, Shikageru, and just about if you published a hybrid deck list to Digimon.card, digimoncard.dev in the past week or so, I probably took a look at it, so thank you very much. It was a blast to be able to look through these decks and to get an idea of how hybrid decks are being built. Digimoncard.dev is an invaluable resource for deck building. It gives you great tools to search for exactly the cards that your deck needs and even tools to do test draws before you ever sleeve up your first physical card. So if you aren't already using it on the regular, do be sure to check it out. Not a sponsor. They didn't ask me to say that. I just think they're a really useful resource. So the two deck archetypes that I decided to talk about today are the red-green Tyranimon deck, or the Christmas Tyranimon deck, and the blue-yellow control deck. Now let's get into it. 
First, we've got the Red Green Tyranimon deck. And as you can tell by the name, this is a deck that revolves around playing lots of Tyranimon. There are a couple of things that make this not just a viable strategy, but actually potentially a really strong one. And we've seen a lot of success out of the Red Green Tyranimon deck. So firstly, Tyranimon as a Digimon has plenty of support. There's Tiger, a green tamer that explicitly names Tyranimon on it. It makes digivolving into Tyranimon cheaper because you can suspend Tiger to reduce the digivolution cost of a card with Tyranimon in its name by one. But also it gives every Digimon you control with Tyranimon in its name piercing on your turn. And that means that even if you elect to attack your opponent's Digimon or if you get blocked, you still get a security check. That's a hugely powerful effect to have. And the fact that it gives it to your whole board potentially is huge. And secondly, second reason that Tyranimon can be really strongest is a number of Tyranimon. So between red and green, there are six Digimon with Tyranimon in their name. So it's really viable to build a deck based around them. You've got enough. We have two decks that we need to get through today, and I didn't want to just talk about one particular iteration of the Tyranimon deck, so we won't be going card by card today. Instead, I wanted to give you an overview of the construction of the deck, talk about the thinking behind it and what the strategy is, and talk about how being a hybrid deck benefits that strategy. So the red-green Tyranimon is primarily red and secondarily green. That means mostly red, and then green is not as many cards. Most versions play red Digitama, red level 3s, red level 4s, and then they play a couple of level green level 3s, and then green level 4s, green level 5s, green level 6s, and green Tamers. Now the strategy of the deck is kind of a rush strategy. The deck wants to rush out Tyranimon, give them piercing with Tiger, and then attack quickly for the win. The red Tyranimon at level 4 has jamming, meaning that it can't be destroyed by security battles. So it's an excellent rush attacker because it gets in quick, it's a level 4, and it almost always survives to attack again and again. The red level 3s and the Digitama focus on DP boosting effects that red's really good at. So it pumps up your 4000 DP red Tyranimon so that it can swing over blockers. And a key piece you're looking for here is Bebby Domon, which is a Digitama that grants plus 2000 DP to all Digimon with piercing. To the Digimon above it, if that Digimon has piercing, that is. When Tiger is on the field, all Tyranimon get piercing, so the Bebby Domon is going to be active really often, and it will give a huge buff to your Digimon. Plus 2000 is a huge lift. And the deck also plays Dark Tyranimon, which is a red level 4 that only costs 1 to Digivolve and it has 6,000 DP. That's a sizable attacker for very cheap, especially when you have Tiger on the field and Bevy Domon is in its inheritables, in its Digivolution sources. And then the deck will also often play Red Metal Tyranimon, which is a level 5 that Digivolves for 3, but it has 10,000 DP. So that is a huge attacker at level 5, even before you add in any extra DP. And then with Piercing, it becomes a significant threat that your opponents have to deal with. Or it's just going to run them over. And then on the green side of the deck, so that was the red side, on the green side, the Tyranimon deck will often play a small number of green level 3s because they want to have access to the Digivolve effect of the green level 4 Tyranimon. And that effect lets you add one level 5 Digimon and one green Tamer from the top three cards of your deck to your hand. Now since Tiger 
the green tamer, is such a keystone of the deck. Having this method of finding it makes the deck more consistent. You're almost always going to pick up a tiger. And this also helps you smooth out your Digivolution chains, especially because it doesn't mention colour. So the level 5 can be green or red. So you can grab a Digimon that fits your situation. The deck also plays the green metal Tyranimon and Rust Tyranimon, which is a green level 6. Now the metal Tyranimon only has 6,000 DP, but it's very cheap for a level 5. It has a Digivolve cost of 2. And then its inheritable effect pairs really well with Rust Tyranimon. The inheritable effect reads, if this Digimon destroys your opponent's level 6 or more Digimon by battle, this Digimon becomes active. And then... You put that under Rust Tyranimon, which is a level 6 that can attack your opponent's unsuspended Digimon if you have a green tamer in play. So it's active when you have Tiger, which also gives it piercing. And the Rust Tyranimon also has, if an opponent's Digimon is destroyed by battle on your turn, you can suspend one of their Digimon. So by combining your Rust Tyranimon with your Metal Tyranimon, you can just keep attacking, destroying level 6s, unsuspending, attacking, and clear your opponent's board of level 6s. And you also take out their security with piercing if you have Tiger on the field. Finally, in addition to the classic red and green option suite of Gaia Force and Flower Cannon, Gaia Force for removal, Flower Cannon to stop your opponent's attacks in their tracks, and sometimes to suspend their Digimon so that you can take them out with an attack, the deck also will often play Mimi the green tamer. So if you have a level 5 or higher green Digimon in play, you can suspend Mimi to either hatch a Digitama, or if you already have a Digimon in the breeding area, you can move a level 3 or higher Digimon from your breeding area to the field. Essentially what you're doing is getting an extra breeding phase. And when this effect is active, you can quickly pump out plenty of Digimon, so that aids your rush strategy. And because putting cards into the breeding area doesn't count as them coming into play, your Digimon coming out from the breeding area can attack straight away, so it gets really quick and really overwhelming for your opponents. The Tyranimon deck here is a great example of a hybrid deck, because either colour by itself just isn't as strong. Red Tyranimon by itself isn't strong. Green Tyranimon by itself is still pretty strong, but it's definitely made better with the red rush strategy on top of it. The red part of the deck gives you your main attacks and your power. It pumps up your Tyranimon, and you can attack with jamming for safe security checks. And then the green part of the deck helps consistency and speed, as well as helping you get past blockers with Tiger. So without green, the deck stalls out to blockers, and it's nowhere near as fast at getting up its Digivolution chains. But then without red, the deck has no safe early attacks, and it gets outpaced by a number of decks while you're setting up for Rust Tyranimon. Mixing red and green in this hybrid deck helps cover each color's weaknesses, and it creates a stronger hole. The second hybrid archetype we're going to look at today is this blue-yellow control build. Control is a deck archetype, for those who don't know, that focuses on, as the name says, controlling the board, usually by repeatedly removing your opponent's Digimon and manipulating the memory to keep your opponent memory choked. Now the goal of this deck is to keep your opponent from developing any kind of threat on board while you build up your own board and you accumulate value. The blue-yellow deck that we're going to be looking at follows the hybrid deck construction rule of kind of having your lower levels be one colour and then your higher levels are another colour. In this case, in this case, the deck is primarily blue, with the Digitama, the level 3s and the level 4s being blue, and secondarily yellow, with the level 5s and the level 6s being yellow. 
And this is a great example of a hybrid deck to look at because the split between the colors is so clear cut. Unlike the Tyranimon deck we just looked at, which featured both colors at nearly all Digivolution levels. First, the level twos, they are blue. Primarily, the deck is going to play Upamon, which is honestly, hands down, the best blue Digitama in 1.0. When the Digimon above Upamon attacks once per turn, if your opponent has at least one Digimon with no Digivolution sources, you draw a card. And because on-play effects are so common, not to mention how many players find themselves needing to hard play a blocker, you get to draw a card very often, so you get huge value off the Upamon. Then at level 3, the deck plays a mix of two-cost rookies and rookies that can generate value immediately. So the 1.0 Gabumon, which draws a card when you play it directly from your hand. And the 1.0 Gomamon, which has the inheritable effect that gives you one memory on deletion. Those are both staples. Then at level 4, the deck plays Leomon, which gives you two memory on deletion and is going to be one of your primary attackers because you don't care if it's deleted. You still get value. You still get two memory even if it dies. The deck also will often play Gorillamon, which digivolves for just one memory, like the Dark Tyranimon we spoke about earlier. And at 6,000 DP, it's also a fairly strong attacker for a level 4. And then finally, sometimes, not always, you're going to see 1.0 Gorillamon, which costs 6 and unsuspends one of your Digimon when it's played directly. This means that you can attack, you can play the Garurumon, and then you can unspend your attacker to protect it from your opponent's Digimon, and you end up with a body on board as well at the end of that. Something to note, not many iterations of this deck play any blockers, and that's because the control aspects of the deck do a good enough job at keeping your opponent's Digimon off the board that you don't really need the blockers. So at level 5 is where the deck really becomes cool in my opinion. Most often you're going to see a mix of 3 yellow level 5s. First you'll see Sirenmon, which costs just 5 memory to play directly from your hand. So that's the cheapest yellow level 5. It fills out the level 5 slots and it gives you another body to digivolve into your level 6s. Next, you're going to often see Magna Angemon. This has an on-play effect, which gives you recovery plus one, no matter how much security you have. And it also has an inheritable effect that gives the Digimon above Magna Angemon plus 1,000 DP for every three security you have. Yellow decks often suffer from having weaker level sixes, so that extra DP can go a long way, buffing up your Digimon. And finally, you'll see Mistymon, which gives two of your opponent's Digimon minus 3,000 DP for the turn, on the turn that Mistymon is played directly to the field. This keeps your opponent's level 3s off the board, or it can weaken a higher level Digimon to be taken out by an attack. And here, we see how the hybrid deck turns what would be one of its weaknesses, which is having to play certain Digimon outright because you can't Digivolve them, and it turns it into a strength by running Digimon with strong on-play effects. So you don't even mind that you have to play them outright because you get the effects and the effects are so good. And then finally, at level 6, the deck will run Slash Angemon, which gives one of your opponent's Digimon minus 8,000 DP on Digivolving. That's going to outright delete most level 5 or lower Digimon, and it's going to weaken the rest to be taken out by an attack from Slash Angemon, because remember the highest DP Digimon in 1.0 is Omnimon at 15,000, and when it's reduced by Slash Angemon's effect, Omnimon will go down to 7,000, which is 1,000 DP lower than Slash Angemon's DP of 8,000, and that's small enough to be taken out in an attack by Slash Angemon, so you can remove anything with Slash Angemon. 
The deck is also going to often run Kentaurusmon, which gives up to five of your opponent's Digimon security attack minus two on Digivolution, so they will do two fewer security checks. And that could really slow down the game and give room to the control deck to accumulate value and get control of the board. In the Tamer slots, the deck will often run the 1.0 TK Takaishi, which is a memory tamer that, on play, lets you look at your security and put one of those cards into your hand. Then recover, if it was a yellow Digimon. Recovery plus one, putting the top card of your deck into the security stack. This deck suffers a little bit from lack of draw power since you can't Digivolve up a complete chain. You go level three, level four, and then level five into level six. So the extra method of getting the right cards into your hand with the TK is a huge bonus. Finally, in the option slots, most versions of the deck play two blue options here. Hammerspark, which costs zero, gives you plus one memory, or plus two memory when it comes up from security. And Kaiser Nail which is a four-cost option that lets you choose one of your Digivolution sources and play it to the field as a separate Digimon without paying its cost. So Kaiser Nail will combo very well with Mistymon and Magna Angemon because it lets you get their on-play effects again after you've Digivolved up to Kentaurusmon or Slash Angemon and lets you put another body on the board. And that's a great example of the synergies that are possible when you play a hybrid deck. If you get effects and you get combos that just aren't possible in a single color deck. Now the blue half of the deck helps you accumulate value with Hammerspark, Gabumon and Leomon. While the yellow half keeps your opponent's board un- under control, making up for blue's lack of removal. This is a great deck to build if you want to try a hybrid deck because it can even work without any super or secret rares, so it's a good budget deck as well. So we see how hybrid decks in the 1.0 format are not just viable, but can actually be powerful. And being able to cover the weaknesses of each of your colors is a huge bonus when you're building a deck, provided that you can cover for that lower consistency overall. And as the game moves forward, we're going to be getting more multicolor support. But it's definitely an interesting deck building exercise to try and make a hybrid deck work in 1.0 without the support. I would say go out and try it yourself. Try building a deck around not just one but two colors and see how consistent and powerful you can make that deck. I think you're going to learn a lot about the mechanics of the game and the exercise of accounting for two different colors in your deck is going to help you grow as a deck builder. Not to mention, as you grow more comfortable mixing colors, your potential deck combinations grow hugely. And that brings us to the end of the episode. So, this week's listener question is, what is a combo or synergy that you found between cards of two or more colors? We really want to know, so tweet your answer using the hashtag, hashtag MemoryGagePodcast, or comment on the listener question post in our Facebook group, MemoryGagePodcast, and you might receive a shout-out at the top of next week's episode. Finally, if you have any questions, feedback, comments, or concerns, tweet at me at ConnorEFMG, or email me at MemoryGagePodcast at gmail.com, or do join our Facebook group, MemoryGagePodcast. I am always happy to hear from you listeners, really and truly. New episodes come out each and every week, so please be sure to follow the Memory Gauge podcast on your podcast service of choice and stay up to date. Don't forget, if you have any feedback or suggestions for ideas that you would like to see us stream, please send us those as well. Thank you so much for listening. 
This is the memory gauge logging out.